Alright, what's going on, guys? This is the What I Perceive podcast. And for those of you who don't know, who've never heard any of my uh, material before, this I'm going to come right out, make it obvious, full transparency. This is a God, Judeo-Christian, God-centered uh, podcast, right? So the topics we discuss here are, are centered around... Um, you know, sorry, this offends you some, but the one, the one, sorry, not sorry, but, uh, uh the one true God, uh, of all creation, you know, and the, where you, the only, the only God where you find non-performance-based salvation, right? The only thing that, um, just stands true historically and in some cases scientifically and, and it's, it's the only thing that I, I, I mean, as far as I've been, you know, saved, and as long as I've been studying it, um, I've yet to find any, to be convinced that, you know, there is anything else that contradicts as far as the functionality of the universe, and, and plus, you know, my my personal experiences are, are what speak the most um, volume, and granted, I didn't start having those until I really chose to believe and walk in faith in God, um, but when I did... I did start, he, he spoke for himself that he was real, and I just, those life experiences are, you know, you can't take that, that away, you know, even for those of you, those new believers, you know, you'll get challenged right off the bat, you know, because you may not know a lot about the Bible or what God has said about certain things, but make sure you cling to your experiences and, and, and don't let anyone try to steer you away from from those because those are yours, and you know they're they're part of what what establishes your relationship with God and with Christ and the Holy Spirit. So, but all that aside for now, um, we're getting into a question of what does it mean to put on the armor of God, and you know for you. For you Bible junkies, you already know probably where this is going to be uh, centered on, but I'll go ahead and read it for you anyway. Um, and by it, I mean Ephesians six thirteen through eighteen, uh, which reads as this, starting at verse thirteen. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes on your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always, at all times, in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Alright, so, you know, 13 gives kind of the base idea of why we put on the armor of God, um, you know, to, to stand firm. And, you know, just a few verses before that, which I didn't necessarily put down, you know, that you may be able to finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil, right? So, and that's just before, you know, verse 13. It, with, with that verse 13, though, and, and accompanying that, which comes before, we already can look at kind of why we put on the armor. It, it helps us to 
to to stand firm against you know the the ways of the enemy. Um, but I think there's a deeper look, um, and we're gonna look at that, of course. But um, and where we're gonna start with that is looking at um, the belt of truth, or to to be fastened, or in some translations it says to girt, and girt meaning to surround or encircle, to encircle or bind with a belt or band, to surround, enclose, hem in, to prepare oneself for action. An example would be he girded himself for the trial of he- ahead. It is to provide a quip-worn vest as with power or strength. And, you know, as we stand in the armor of God, or more so as we equip it, um, and not just in a moment of prayer for the day, which, you know, I believe um, should be everyone's kind of take the time to to say that prayer, you know, not only as, um, you know, as a declaration that you're trusting in God to guide you through the day, and that you're trusting that He is your protector, and that you're you know, declaring that you want to spend time with him and seek him and invite him into your lives just, you know, throughout the day, um, you know, putting on your armor isn't just, you know, as, as I look at this, you know, and as I kind of get this idea about this passage, it is not just a moment of prayer for the day, but as we are established in the ways and right outlook of and towards God, um, I think we can begin to maybe consider the longer overall process of what it means to be equipped with their armor or protection of God as as a life whole, as as a process of being developed as a as a believer, um, a soldier, a warrior, a servant, and a brother and or sister in, in, in Christ. And you know, I think it is quite intentional in the order of which the armor in the passage is being equipped as well. You know, after all, if we are saved by by faith in Christ alone, you know, but you know, through grace, by grace through faith, why is our shield not the first item to be established? And you know, I think you know we're gonna go and take a look at that. But as I see it, I believe that truth, you know, the belt of truth, or just truth in general, has to be the first step in receiving the fullness of God. You know, because the truth is something you know we believe in, of course. And, you know, you can associate that with, um, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. You know, that's John three sixteen. That's pretty, pretty popular. Um, and that's just one of many verses, especially within the first several chapters of John, that depict the importance and essential life-saving decision of believing in Christ Jesus. And, you know, and I'll separate real quick the difference in belief and faith. You know, belief is our decision to accept something as true or real. Um, faith is our continuous decision to believe and stand on that truth, even when there is no physical evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that that truth is true or real. I mean, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, um, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, and, you know, and... and Later on in that verse, in that passage, or that or that book, that chapter of that book, just a few verses up or down, I guess, or whatever, Hebrews eleven six says, uh, "But but without faith is it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him." All right. So when we look at those, I mean, that's that that should just be kind of our, you know, our 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 kind of starting point, right? We we don't really get to see God with scientific evidence and proof, even though there's a lot of scientists studying the answers and questions and origin of the universe that, you know, they do get led to believe in God, you know, and of course there are some who believe in God and get led astray. Um, but in some of those that I've, I've seen, at least for me personally, I don't want to necessarily be completely 
come across as biased, you know, because obviously I do believe, but, you know, I, and, and some of the things that they look at, it, it just, uh, I feel like they, they just came to a personal wall of growth and they just chose to kind of, you know, take it as how they saw it instead of keep on digging and, and have faith. They were deterred, um, you know, because faith is, you know, the things we hope for, you know, we, we hope for the return of Christ and, and we hope to be empowered to move forward in the like in, into the proclamation of the of the gospel without being hindered by you know the oppressions of our sins you know we we cling to the hope that Jesus Christ really did die on the cross and and, and shed his blood for us to cover all sins for upon all humanity throughout all the construct of time right and that is you know we do see evidence in in the unseen realm you know our personal experiences with god are evidence right because for those of you who know who have had connections with god and have had interactions like it is you can't turn away with it even in the struggles even when you're in a season of testing or or when when all just seems to not make sense or you're questioning everything you can you know sometimes hopefully we look back at those moments and go like nah that that was God, and, and, and I'm trusting, and I'm going to keep clinging, even though I don't understand right now. And, you know, because in, you know, Hebrews 11, 6, we see the, that establishment of that difference. You know, we believe that God is, right, faith, without uh, faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, right? So we're already taking the initial first step to believe that God is there, right? And, and of course, I believe that you have to kind of at least somehow center towards the, the Judeo Christian God. You know, I feel like somebody who maybe is not studied in religion, but, you know, in a moment just seeking, believing that there is a creator and is God and, and calling out, I believe God will, will honor that and answer that according to his will. But, um, you know, if you're calling out to, to the God of, you know, the Muslim occult or the Mormon occult, well, you're seeking the wrong identity because God himself says that he would send a son um, you know, he said in, in, in even in Genesis that he would crush the head of the serpent with the seed of the woman. He was talking about Jesus, and you know, when Jesus came, he used in 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 some passages that, or in some instances, instances that he identified himself as the I am, which is what God identified himself with. You know, and which is part of why you know the Pharisees you know attacked him and and accused him of being a blasphemer and a heretic, but. But we we see that Jesus is God, not just as not just a man. He is fully God, fully man. And when you get into those occults of Mormonism and you know like Muslim, they don't believe that. They they, they you know the definition of a cult is something that that destroys or deviates the identity of Christ, of Jesus Christ, on who he said he was, right? It has nothing to do with Muhammad. It has nothing to do with, you know, Joseph Smith, right? Those are just normal men, right? And they just, in those religions, they turn God into a, or Jesus into a, into a normal man, right? He was just a guy who was super tight, you know, fingers crossed with God. You know, he wasn't actually God, which, you know, doesn't, should kind of alarm us, you know, that there, what salvation would there be in the shed blood of a normal human man, right? Um, it, that's kind of where where what it should alarm us because it's kind of that delusions of grandeur that all humans can be like Jesus was when you know that's not the case. I mean, we can do the things that he did, right? Aside from you know being worthy to to pay the debt for all humanity on the cross, but we can do the miracles that he did. You know, Jesus says that he says we will even do greater things, right? And you know, and that's not to 
say that we should get ahead of ourselves, but those greater things are ordained by God the Father, and we will do those things when we seek to do so according to His will. And a lot of people, you know, struggle with that with that concept, but, um, but you know, we 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 believe that God is, you know, without proof beyond our personal experiences, we still believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Diligence is the persevering determination to perform a task. So if you apply that with the action of seeking, that lets us know that this is a continuous process as to declare the genuine sincerity of our, excuse me, of our belief. Right. So just that, that verse, you know, Hebrews 11, just He's a warder of those that diligently seek him. That's that word, those three words, diligently seek him, you know, or, or, or diligently seek even. Um, well, he, he, there has to be the him in there, but um, that that is just the continuation of, you know, persevering and continuing on when it doesn't make sense. When we, when we have questions, you know, we need to look to the word. The word is our sword. You know, for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? So we, we need to, to see what God says about himself and who he says he is. Um, that's, that's vitally important. And, you know, how are we, we going to shine in a breastplate of righteousness if our righteousness is not chastised by the fastening of our belt of truth? You know, because true righteousness is solely established and defined by the one true God of all creation. And that righteousness is part of the renewing power that takes place within ourselves by the power of the Holy Spirit according to the will of the Father. Right? You know, uh, Romans Romans 12, 2, and do, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, so we know that we have to start at truth because, you know, if we think we're a righteous person, you know, again, not... Well, I do mean to, but, you know, sorry if this offends anyone, but sorry, not sorry at the same time. You know, in the Mormon occult, right, if you think you're shining in, in righteousness is the way Jesus would have you, well, you're, you you can't be, really. If you, if you think about it, yeah, you may be a seemingly good person, but I forget where, where it says, I think it's in Isaiah somewhere, you know, good deeds done without, you know, basically the authority and, and, and blessing of God are just waste. They're just... And I'm paraphrasing, but you know they're nothing. They they are not good. And so when you look at those those occult cultish religions, um, you know they can't be shining in a breastplate of righteousness if they've chastised themselves in a falsehood rather than chastising themselves in, in truth. Um, you know, so it's it's it should be kind of we should kind of look at this kind of in, in this way. I, I feel. You know, because in the process of renewal, we will be properly equipped and prepared in the gospel of peace. You know, which is not only for, for personal peace, but for confidence and boldness to go out and walk forward in life to readily share the gospel and disperse it throughout the world by the power of the Holy Spirit according to the will of the Father for His glory. You know, so it's it's kind of those three kind of, and they're all, you know, determined by faith, of course. Um and, and, you know, we'll, we'll move on to faith, you know, here in, in a bit, you know, you know, that's the next order, that's the number four, but, but how can we walk and live a godly life, right? We're supposed to be an example, reflect, even though perfection died on the cross, we're still called to pursue a life of perfection, even though it won't be given unto us until the fulfillment of prophecy at the end of, you know, the end times, you know, when Jesus returns and, and, and reigns and, and then finally the white seat, you know, throne judgment, you know, when all that is fulfilled, you know, then we will be perfected and to, to the fullest. And, 
so even though we're we're supposed to pursue you know that that perfection, how can we be a reflection of God and who He is if we're not shining in the righteousness? Which you know we're not going to shine again if we're not established in the proper truth. Um, and and that's kind of you know those three play with each other. We can't live you know because the way I see it, the the God says the ways and His commandments are written on our hearts, right? So even people who don't believe, when when someone claims to be a Christian or to walk with God or whatever, you know, and that's hard for those genuine Christians because, you know, they struggle with this because people see this and they just write it off. But they know when they're unsincere or disgenuine because even though they don't know it, the ways of Christ is written on their hearts, right? So when you claim to be this God-fearing person or who loves all people, but you, you know, it's evident that you have partiality towards maybe certain races, certain genders, you know, certain people, you know, you have an agenda behind things. That's not the way God operates. And, and believe it or not, people see that. And, you know, and it's disheartening, you know, that people operate that way. I mean, you can look at evangelical politics and just know that it's just a vile, vile thing. You know, it's just destruction of the image of the bride. And, you know, and, 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 and you know, they'll get theirs, of course, but, you know, that's not to say we don't love them. You know, we pray for them. We pray for even our enemies, right? And, you know, believe it should be no surprise that those who taint the image of God are our enemies. But if anyone can can readjust their perspective, it's God. And, of course, we have to be bold enough to, to love them when we disagree and, and to continue on in diligence and perseverance, and, you know, in truth, righteousness, and the preparation of gospel of faith, faith, you know, which is or a gospel of peace, which is established by our faith, right, to continue walking and reflecting who God really is so they can look and be like, oh, yeah, you know, one day, you know, hopefully they'll see and be like, yeah, I've, I've fallen short, which we all do, of course. But, you know, how, how, we have to start asking, how do we continue on in this life, in, in those works, right, in those three pieces of armor and remain steadfast in what has already been equipped at this stage? Well, now we come back, you know, and which which is kind of the beginning of all things, but you know it's what brings us all up. But what helps us to persevere is 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 our faith. If if faith is the continuation of our belief in Christ Jesus, our belief on the truth, then it would make sense for our shield of faith to come next. Um, and, you know, at least as I see it. So you know, our our faith is is what shields us, of course, from the schemes and attacks of the enemy. You know, the, you know the, the, when the enemy seeks to deceive or persuade us away from the truth we finally chose to choose to believe in, um, you know, we have to hold, hold fast to our shield, right, and, and have steadfast, enduring faith, right? The more we doubt, which doubt is not necessarily bad, it's just what you, what, what you let that doubt do. And, what, you know, it's okay to have questions and, and concerns as long as you're seeking God to answer that question and not giving up even when it's not answered and being okay to trust in God even if you don't get an answer, right? Because there is mystery in God. Not all things are revealed to us. And, you know, but so if your faith, if you let it get chiseled and chipped and worn out, eventually it'll break. And then, of course, you know, you can tie that into the parables of the seed sown, Right, you'll you'll become a seed that was you know his roots grew on the concrete but had no earth, and then the sun came and withered it, or it was choked by the vines, or you know your seed was scattered. You know someone told you the truth, but you just let the crows come and eat eat you up right then and there. Right, you had no, you just rejected it wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, whatever. Right, you you that that ties in, I believe, you know, to that to that parable, you know, or, or, or shield. You know, and it is also in the perseverance and steadfastness of our faith, you know, by God's grace, of course, through the trials and tribulations of life that will ensure our salvation, 
right? Because it, the Bible warns us that you, we can be saved and then turn away at any point. And you know, God says it would be better for them to have not known and, and than to have known and walked away, right? So we must always cling to keep, you know, to cling to and keep our faith in Christ Jesus because, you know, we are saved by our faith. And, and if we look to God to establish that faith and, and maintain it, you know, because it is by his grace that we can even have faith, um, you know, we will endure, you know, Ephesians 2 through 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith and, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, right? So right there, it just confirms that. Um, and, you know, we, we, we should delight in our trials and in our times of warfare. You know, Hebrews 12, 6 through 8, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, so by that disciplining we all become partakers in God, right? Then you are illegitimate and not sons, right? If you do not have that disciplining which is needed to become partakers, right? you are illegitimate. You are not, right? God, God disciplines those who he loves, and as we study and, and depend on the Word of God, you know, our sword of the Spirit, our Bible, right, coming to that, that final equipment, piece of equipment, you know, the, our sword will elucidate the true nature of God's promises to us, you know, so we can better seek, trust, and have faith in Him and be established in authentic discipline, servitude towards Him and His people. And, you know, of course, you know, we should praise God even in this moment, you know, for His thorough precision and His love, grace, and mercy, you know, <laughs> amen in Jesus' name. You know, uh, Hebrews 4.12, again, I, I had started this earlier, you know, for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even into the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, right? So when we look at that, and Jesus says he came to convict the entire world of sin, well, when you say the entire world, that, that includes everybody throughout all time, right? So the Holy Spirit, along with the, the sword of the Spirit, um, is, is convicting us, and I think that's why a lot of people have a hard time um, accepting it. Of course, you know, part of that is what the enemy has done in, in tainting the image of God. But, you know, the words I, I you know, I kind of want to look at that were in that, uh, that passage, uh, Hebrews 12, 6 through 8, um, uh, the, 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 the chastening passage, um, the two words I want to look at are partakers and received. Um, because when we look at Second Peter 1, verses 3 through 4, it says, uh, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Right? And I feel like when we add John chapter 1 verses 12 through 13, it reads as, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Right? So to be partakers, you know, if we, if we want to be partakers in his precious promises, right, we have to be willing to receive not only the truth of God, but his chastening, his disciplining. We have to be willing to receive his commands to to forfeit earthly things, right? Because, you know, I, I firmly believe that even though God may allow certain times for it, if you really want to want to prove that you have a, a zealous desire to know God and a genuine, sincere heart for him, choosing God in the little things 
is a great way to declare your worship and trust in God and, and seeking to be filled with his spirit. And what I mean by that is when we choose to 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 listen to to God-centered music, to watch God-centered like television or you know when we filter what we watch and what we take in um it has a huge impact, you know, because when we take in things of the world, it puts seeds in our heart, right? You know, and for me, like I, I struggle with, with lust. So, you know, if I'm scrolling on Instagram and I, and I, you know, come across a picture of someone I think is really attractive, maybe she doesn't, you know, not mind me dressed as that modestly or whatever. Um, if I linger too long on that, I'll, I'll notice and I'll feel that my heart is starting to a mixture of idolatry and, and lust, you know, I'm starting, it, it plants little seeds. And even though in the moment, you know, you may be able to keep scrolling the next day, if you, if you, you pause on another picture or something else, you know, the little seeds over time get planted and planted and planted. And pretty soon you stumble in, in your walk with God and you make a mistake. And though you're not condemned, you know, on that, you know, right. The Bible says the righteous will get up seven times, will fall seven times and get up again. Um, but the wicked will fall and have destruction. Right. So as long as we keep trusting God, because God knows that we're going to sin. Right. Perfection died on the cross. The Bible says there is not a man in all the earth who will live and never sin again. Right. The only sinless man to walk was Jesus. And, and, and you know, I guess we could say Adam and Eve were sinless, you know, for a time as well. But, you know, they ended up sinning. Right. So they did not live a sinless life. But but Jesus did. And. You know, so when we when we believe, when we receive the truth, that is to receive his commands and receive the the call, basically the call to arms and the call to separation of the world, so that we may partake in all his exceedingly great and precious promises. Right? And that includes, you know, his gifts and his callings, the people he's gonna have us to reach, right? Because, you know, especially in this season, think about it this way, wherever you're at right now, right, wherever you're at, even if you live at home alone. Right, whatever environment you are in, think of your neighbors, think of the people in, you know, the, when you go to the grocery store or whatever coffee shop you may be sitting in, whatever, wherever you are right now, how many people do you know or don't know or just suspect that if Jesus were to come back right now, those people are not ready? And I believe that there's going to be a powerful season approaching where God is going to start calling his elect and putting them in positions to proclaim the gospel in front of masses again. Um, well, I mean, not again, it always happens, but I, at least for me, so maybe that's maybe just a personal thing that God may be speaking to me. But I, as we approach times that are just seemingly Armageddon-ish, I don't know, apocalyptic, you know, um, it, it was just, and, and that's not, you know, um, you know, at this time that I'm recording this, you know, the, get all the coronavirus stuff going on. I'm not really necessarily talking about that i think there's so much other things that i've seen that god has revealed to me that that speak to be that incline me to be prepared that that jesus is coming soon um and that's you know a different topic for another time but but, but i just didn't want to say that and people think oh another guy just all tripping on the virus or whatever because like, I'm, I'm not really but so but 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 to be you know, partakers, we have to receive, you know, we can see in those two key words, partakers and receive, that even though we have free will to choose God or not, we can also rejoice in the assurance of our victory through him and in him and in our choosing him. Because, you know, we, we, those who receive God, have been preordained, appointed and anointed to receive, surrender, pursue, love and be partakers in all the glories of God and in all his treasures and precious promises. You know, because we have been called and elected by him, through him, and for him from the beginning unto well past the end of time. 
So we should have confidence and we should know that our armor is not only a daily prayer and decision to be with God, rely on God and invite God into our day, but it is also a guideline and overall growth system that marks our standing as servants, warriors, and children of God, His redeemed. You know, so we should set forth in life to live a life that establishes us in right standing with God and equips us with the armor that separates us from the world and sets us apart from everyone else as ambassadors and flag bearers of the holy eternal kingdom of Christ. Believe here and now. For those of you who may not be believers, you know, or, or you know, of course, even who have been believing for a long time, our, our declaration of our belief does not stop. We are always going to have opportunities to declare our belief in God. You know, Jesus says, he who denies me in front of men, him will I deny in, my, in front of my father. Right? So our belief doesn't stop. We never graduate from that. It is, it is continual. So we believe here and now and continually forevermore that Christ Jesus is Lord, King, and Savior of our lives. And that we would be bold. I pray, Lord God, right now we're all listening to this. Even me, Lord God, speak to me as you would wish. But Lord God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just descend and transcend through this outlet, Lord God, to to, to convict people to be bold and humble enough to repent and confess with honesty, humility. And again, Lord God, that boldness, you know, Lord God, confess our sins and sinful nature and invite you, God, Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit into our hearts here and now, that we would trust you with steadfast faith forever unto death, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray that. Amen. So, you know, I just I hope this encourages you guys. You know, our, our armor marks who we're going to be, you know, our faith is always, you know, kind of the first thing that, that, that we rely on when we believe, right? We, we, we believe. And then from the moment we choose to take the second step, that is faith, right? Um, and a good analogy I have is, you know, some of us choose to walk down, you know, a, a wicked path, right? You know, just a vile, desolate, path of decay and darkness and every once in a while we might you know step in a puddle of light you know we might step in a puddle of god we might go to church once a month or we might you know meditate on something god spoke to us through a person or through reading his word right we might take little steps you know in in, in god but we're called to live a life that is the road of rich light love peace you know the fruits of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness humility and self-control I believe that's all nine, but you know we have to also be humble enough and bold enough to still lean on God, knowing that every once in a while we're going to step in a puddle of filth, right? We're going to stumble, make a mistake. It is okay, you know. It's it's not okay if you're taking advantage of that, right? Saying, well, if it's okay, I'll just go and do this, and God will forgive me. No, don't. If you seek, you know, you know, in Galatians, it lists, you know. Um, for the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's not to say do as in you do it once and you're done, right? The, the translation to that word do is practice, right? And I've said this over and over again on multiple platforms, Right. To, if we seek to practice those things, if we make it habitual, if we make it a part of who we are and we invite it to be a part of who we are, that's where the problem lies. Right. Because if we if we seek God and practice the things of God and we truly love him and desire to be with him, we'll be ready to forsake all that we have to be his disciple. Right. I think that's Luke 1433. And and we will have a, a distaste and a disgust for sin like we won't. 
we won't like it, right? You'll notice that your friends, right? You'll you'll start to be concerned and 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 kind of disheartened because you know you won't get to you'll be led not to hang around your friends who aren't saved as much because you'll realize that the, the things that 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 connect you now that you walk with God are all things of the earth, right? You you know they they may talk about you know they they don't they don't watch what they say you know they don't watch how they speak you notice you hang out with them and and you're a little slippy of the tongue you know which you know is is should we should be aware of it's not something necessarily go and condemn yourself over but remember we're supposed to be the image and flag bearers and ambassadors of of God and the kingdom of Christ right so we don't we don't seek to walk with a tongue of profanity or lewd jokes or you know and I struggle with with you know that in in a lot of ways but you know, so don't don't feel like it's just you know me trying to condemn you, or whatever. But get on fire! Like we have to chastise ourselves. You know, and it and it seems tiresome, and it seems like we're losing a lot of fun in the world, and you know we don't get to do as much things. You know, some of us like the to party and have a good time or whatever. And you know, I, I, I guess I get that, but but this is all temporary, and it and no pleasure in this earth even compares to the slightest blessing. Um, that God would have for us, right? And you'll, you'll see that it would be our delight to 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 live life over and over again, declaring His victory and His declaration, or His 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 victory. You know, His being His His shedding His blood on the cross, His love for us. You know, it, when you really have a connection with God, it is your fire and your passion to do so. So I hope this in, inspires you guys, and you know, I thank you for joining me, and you know, hopefully we'll kick off to something really cool and, and helpful next time you know so lord god i just thank you for this opportunity to speak your truth and to lead people lord god to what you might have for them and i just thank you, you are the god of love and mercy and grace lord and i just thank you that you're going to move in us and i invite you to move in us lord god in jesus name amen all right guys so thank you for joining the what i perceive podcast it has been great uh ugh. Um, till till next time, I guess. <laughs> Thank you.